Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Good morning. Okay, good. I am connected. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, la- I'm sorry. Hey, hello, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I got up and to go get the other device so that I can watch and engage conversations because we're trying to get this back to a two-way conversation. So remind me what I did with the other devices as I come in here into the kitchen. And I, you know what? I'm going to stay right here. We'll do it right here. I'm going to put you down on it so I can get you some good sound soundproofing semi-soundproofing i'm gonna pour me a glass of lemonade and as i look in the fridge at these leftovers i'm like oh my god what am i gonna have for breakfast i've got i can't tell you how much i have to do how much i have to get done today uh i need to go and plan for our podcast at 2 p.m uh leading leading women leading leading women podcast and I don't, this is cold, so I don't think I'm, here, listen to me, pour. All right, that's some premium lemonade, premium lemonade we made yesterday in the kitchen. Had such an awesome day. Whew, a, um start to a hard week, but um, getting some things done. And I want to talk about something today. I want to talk about new, just in essence, the word new, it's been applied to a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm just watching life because, um, we get, we've got these generations coming and there's so many generations right now and we're coming to a point where I'm like, how do we not know this stuff? I, I deal with that every day. Like when I learn something new and I'm like, man, I keep learning. I keep learning happens all the time. We just keep having these uh, experiences and and learning how to live together, learning how to cope, learning how to get beyond different things, um, watching new generations discover, like Columbus. Can we just stop saying discover and just call it Columbus? In fact, as I start speaking and my my organs are like, wait, we doing this? Uh, um, I need to cough and I'm going to hit my cough button. It's funny that because yesterday, 24 hours before this podcast, was in fact what's on the calendar as Columbus Day. And uh, there are a lot of people who have a number of initiatives they do to make you realize that just as everything was more than what Columbus or, or whomever archived our history, um, it, there, there's some things that we need to pay attention to and, and recognize and so forth. So as well as uh, on it being Columbus Day, people have now designated it Indigenous Indigenous People Day, uh, and there are other things. And then there's also, you know, the the, the memes that say um, everybody go out in Columbus something, mean go out and take and, and discover something that's already out there. Such is the case as GQ uh, out there. And now, mind you, first of all, let me say this: GQ is is badass. You know, the first thought I woke up this morning with, I my prayer, and a friend of mine invited me on a prayer line. And I'm, I'm I'm so thankful for this woman, and and, and just she just been I, I don't know where she came from, but she has just swooped in and is just she's just there and I love her to death. Oh my God! Um, and she's just a person I could turn to. And I want to say her name, but then I don't want to say her name because I want to be. I'm like Oprah right now. This is like my friend. <laughs> 
Y'all can't, y'all can't have her. But you'll hear, you'll hear from her today. Cause I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hold it, and we're gonna talk to her today. On, I invited her to join us on Leading Women, uh, because she is that woman uh, in our city here, and doing so much for young women. Um, so I'm gonna hold that part, cause what I want to talk about on this is probably gonna be a little bit more intimate than she probably want me to want this to be. Um, but watching, uh, let me say this about GQ though. Because when I began in, 20 years ago, when I wanted to start a publication, uh, GQ was the one that I pretty much modeled Dryer Buzz after, which is probably why, even though GQ, you know, it's about male fashion and, and ideas and ideologies and, and things like that, um, they were the, one of the first to come online with a website, you know, to bring, to do digital publishing. Um, and, and hence they're, hence they're still here to this day. I mean, they embraced it very early on. So when I was, um, researching what I wanted to do in digital publishing, there were only a couple of places I could go. One was Volkswagen because they also was doing things on, on the digital, wanting to sell vehicles all over the world. Uh, and not have, not have you go through the hassle of the buying process. And then there was also, because um, you could literally buy a car, you could get the CD, just like you got your AOL CD and put it in. You could get your, your CD for Volkswagen, put it in shop and buy a car in your computer. That is, for those of y'all in the future and even in the present, the CD-ROM, uh, the computers all had a CD-ROM drive. You put the CD in. It was, that's how you would get to a website. Everybody didn't have, nobody had a modem at that time. Well, they, you had a modem. They had just started putting the modems in. But the city, would ha- if, the city would have the website on there. If you could connect to the Internet, it had code where it would then connect you to their website. But if you didn't, and so I ended up taking that very set, those very same codes and technology and doing the same thing with Dryer Buzz and in developing a magazine because during that time 20 years ago, uh, I'm going to have to go sit down. Why am I standing? I got my lemonade. I'm going to go sit down. I'm like, wait a minute. My legs are like, why are we, why am I jumping from one leg to the other? Let's go sit down. So, uh, but where do I want to sit down? Let's go back in and sit down. So, um, GQ was digital, digitally publishing and then... Um, all the research that I needed to do, you know, a rate card, an editorial schedule, um, what does a web page look like? How do people engage on the website? Because we were, the only thing we were probably doing online at that time, if anybody was online was AOL and I think Black Planet at the time. I don't know if Black Planet and AOL existed at the same time. I think sometime thereafter, because, you know, first when you came online to go on social networks, you literally went, there was no hopping around the internet. You logged on into these communities and that's where you were. AOL was one, one. And I think there were some others. Somebody remind me of what the others were, but that's where you were. You didn't go AOL finally came up with a browser and then as people, as entities started building websites, then you could leave AOL and go off into those websites. But for the most part, you engage just like you're on Facebook, you stay on Facebook, you will stay on AOL. Shout out to those who still have their AOL email address. You know who still has an AOL email address? One of my favorite comedians uh, who who stops by when he's in Atlanta and so forth. Okay, but let me go. Let's figure this out. I wanted to talk about new, um, but I said I woke up this morning and I jumped on this prayer line because 
The first thing I saw this morning, I was looking online, and you, you first thing you see, and in, in, if you follow different women, is you know this need to be a badass. And the first headlines I saw this morning was about, I think it was either about a woman or a man or something. It was that badass mentality, right? And how many of us are just tired of having to be a badass? You know, some of us we're naturally a badass. We're gonna handle this, gonna handle that. But then guess what? You end up in places where I think I am right now. You're just kind of exhausted with being a badass. Yeah, I do some badass stuff, but only because I had to. And my daughter and I, we were out yesterday. The girls and I, um, we went. One daughter and I went to lunch, and then we grabbed the other daughter. And we went to the big box membership store. She's been trying to get us in forever. You know, you don't need to bulk shop. Why? <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting here now. Listen. Why do I need that many M and M's? That's M and M's. I just skipped. I just skipped. I just saw my uh, my monitor just went like off the chain. Like, why did I come home <laughs> with that many M and M's? I'm about to go ahead. I'm gonna have to make M and M cookies, cake, pancakes, waffle, M and M waffles. I don't know. Eminem, should I pour half of that in the lemonade? I don't know. Like, why did I get that thing? I don't know. And this, the thing that I keep saying about Patty Betty and my other daughters is like, y'all enab- y'all are some enablers, right? Like, my daughter came by. Y'all know I was live in the kitchen yesterday having lunch. She's like, no, let's go out. And then I go and I eat a whole, I eat a whole Reuben's. And then I even ordered. I said, let me have the, the lighter side. I, they, I'm like, this is the lighter side. What are we doing to ourselves? I, I just had lunch. I nibbled while I was broadcasting. I then went out and I, I wanted to try the room because I've been wanting some good corned beef and stuff, pastrami, you know, and all this. I've been wanting it for a while. And I knew, well, when I eat one, it's got to be at a time when I could detox, you know, get the tea going. Cause you know, a Reuben is going to hang out with you for a minute. You already know if you don't, it will uh, be a Brown girl. Um, so I'm like, so I ordered the sandwich and I, I'm like, I think they gave me a whole order. That wasn't a lighter side. That was a whole sandwich, but it was so good. It was, and I, and I want to get, I don't want to get hooked. I don't want to go back because it was one of those. And if you, anybody else appreciates a good Reuben, you know how it just kind of melts in your mouth and it's just so juicy. So I don't even want to shout out the place because I don't even want to go back. But it just had this place just had a grand opening in the neighborhood. So anyway, it's a deli. And who, what, why, who would get a Reuben anywhere else? You got to have a deli in the name and in the game if you're gonna serve a Reuben. So anyway, it was really good. So that went on, but um, and then we went. And then we ended up getting talking and going to the 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 store where I've got this huge thing of immigrants. I'm like, I don't understand it. All right, but I want to talk about um, new. One of the conversations, one of the reasons I'm talking about GQ is simply because they they were trending yesterday uh, for this having, well, trending for a number of reasons uh, a couple of days. One, Pharrell being on the cover in this um, monthly coat. And I hope I'm, I'm not a fashion blogger. I don't have the lookbooks. I don't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this. And I thought, I'm like, is that not the same coat that Lizzo had on? Didn't, didn't Lizzo, Lizzo had a billboard interview and everybody was like, what is she wearing? You know, and we've seen a couple of people in this, these real plush, um, type wears, right? So, um, the interviewer was 
describing, you know, when they go to sit down with these celebrities and go, oh, I'm sitting in the coffee house, I'm waiting, they walk up, they're wearing this, that, and the other, right? GQ, fashion, it's a fashion magazine, it's a male fashion magazine, and I don't even know, can, and here's the thing, can we even say male, female anymore? Can we say man, woman anymore, right? Um, so, he was in, 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 I didn't put my D&D on. Hold on, guys. Let me do that. Let me do that without in- disrupting us. Hold on. Okay. So, Pharrell, Pharrell has blurred some lines. Clearly, blurred some lines on age, you know. And, and I don't know, a gender. I don't know if he did a bit. I don't know if he's known for any gender bending. But fashion-wise, and, and definitely the man, you know, only aged in the, probably the last two years. Has he looked like he aged even just a little bit. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that going on, but anyway, there's this new masculinity. So the first article I was working on this morning was I was going and getting the, you know, we did the throwback from the Tyler Perry interview that we did almost 20 years ago. Um, when he was making his second movie, we got a chance to interview him and we talked about the man in the dress because again, there was this controversy. And it's a con- and I only say controversy because when these topics get to a point where they are related to black men, um, we as their counterparts, black women, um, and their and black families, we have to deal with. And I'm, I don't I don't know what other fam- I don't know how other families approach these topics, but it's a big topic at the table in the kitchen in the black family about femininity and masculinity feminine you know black women take it on a lot because we're challenged because we don't get to be as soft you know there's no there's no soft description out there for black women we're strong badass and I remember waking up this morning and I was like let me tell you I spent like a whole editorial year saying I'm gonna rebuke strong I don't want to be I'm rebuking it because I remember a year, one of the, what, what I talked about the other day, USA Today did a kind of categorize the different mothers for Mother's Day. And when they came to, you know, they took on all these different nuances of all the moms. And then when it came to the black mom, they was talking about, you know, how strong she is. And I just remember seeing it in the news narratives. Like, I remember there was a story where a woman, a man slapped a woman's child on the plane and people instantly said, man, if that had been a black mom, and you know, as black women, we just get tired of that. Like we wear a cape. Yes, we do. We have to, but it's like when people start expecting it, like, wait, you hanging on the ledge, you expect me to rescue you. You know, we expect black women to jump into this. And I mean, if you just listen to what people are saying and like, wow, you know, even especially in social media over the years, we went through this thing where they like everybody was like, Oh, black let black women wait till black women find out. Well, black women's gonna handle this. Oh, what did black women have to say? And this, that, and the other. Like they just all the time expect us to handle it and we get tired of that. So we deal with as part of our normal conversation, if other cultures and communities and ethnicities don't, we have to deal with it all the daggone time. I mean, even right now, I just went from I just went from natural hair, which I've had pretty much the last few decades. Only probably once or twice have I done something other with my hair. So now I am exploring 
explore, exploring, I, I relaxed. I went to, I tried to relax it only because I wanted to grow it out and I want to, I, I literally wanted a softer look, right? I want to try something. I, well, one, I, I mean, I just want to try it and I haven't really had to like explain it, but the, what I am gauging, what I in, actually intended to gauge was, um, people's reactions to it. Right. And you know, and it's, it's funny cause it is. And I will tell you people engage with me more now with the softer hair and you know, Paul Mooney, if we can even talk about Paul Mooney at this time, Paul Mooney said, relax hair, relax white people. And I'm not, it's not even a white people thing cause I don't spend a lot of time around them, but let's just talk about black people. I can't tell you how, the little, the slightest change in hair ends up, and this is a dryer bus conversation, the slightest change in hair, color, cut, um, curl pattern, you know, this black woman has spent the last couple of decades identifying and tribing up by their curl pattern, which is one of the reasons why we never truly blogged about hair at dryer bus because women weaponize it. And, and when I, when I started dryer bus and then came the natural hair phenomenon, even though, I was like, okay, your, your, your natural hair is just your grandmother's wet afro. You know, your grandmother had an afro. Like, what the hell are you talking about natural hair? You know, I'm like, I don't get it. But then I realized we had a boomer generation that moved us to, from our natural hair to where we had a generation of women who did not know what their hair texture was. So, yes, they gravitated to this natural hair. Wait, my hair is cut. But then early on, the gravitation to the natural hair, there was something um, what, what's the word controversial in that? Because the reason why the women wanted the hair and the fact that they didn't know their natural hair, they wanted to basically look like mixed chicks, right? So you had to, there's so many layers simply because of what we, this one, three letter word, we, we, the hypocrisy, that's not a three letter word, but I'm just saying the hypocrisy comes through because of the three letter word. We are always out here thinking something is new. It's not new. And new will get you caught up each and every time. It'll get you caught up in controversy. It'll get you caught up in hypocrisy. It's like you're not going to put Pharrell on a cover in a freaking caftan and, and tell me it's new when I've been looking at Andre, Andre uh, Leon Talley forever and we just now got his explanation andre can you please explain what's going on with you what is it with you in these caftans and these coats right coats and caftans that that how we said it was i made it a hashtag hell coats and caftans andre been like cloaking he's been cloaking himself in all this fabric for years and the question of masculinity it was because um and, and mind you i have been and in the audience of the theaters, the arts, the thespians and all of that, you know, and now the story came coming out. Let me tell you, and like, like Billy Porter, like he's, he's challenging the norm. And I'm like, well, hell, Billy Porter looked like the guy down the street. I'm sorry that Billy Porter is just now able to throw his heels on, get on that. I'm sorry that y'all just let him go from what was that what was that song he had that that love song he had back in the day and people were like whoa that was yeah we are we like that was billy that's the same billy porter right show me what you need show me what you need right that was him everybody was like throwing that youtube around like get out 
I'm so, look, sorry to this man. Okay, hashtag, sorry to this man. Because you're looking like, wait, this Billy Porter, is that Billy Porter? Right? Because, okay, the music industry had him out here like this, and now he wants to be out here like that. And then, but that's what we are. But I'm sorry, listen, y'all, I live in Atlanta. I am live from Atlanta. I can't tell you how many Billy Porters I know. I mean, we grew up with Billy Porters, okay? My, one, my best friend coming all through childhood and school was Billy Porter. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I was going to tell you a quick story. When one of my, my good friend, Billy Porter, one time when we was getting ready, we was outside playing. That's something we used to do back in the day. I know the kids in the future going to be like, what she mean, outside playing? Okay, those of you listening in the future, we used to have to be outside. You weren't allowed to stay in the house all day. So I had this good friend who was the Billy Porter back in the day, right? And, and his cousins were coming from some place, and they was coming. They had tickets to go see Luther Vandross. And thank God for Atlanta traffic. They couldn't get there. They was like, find somebody to go see Luther with. So my Billy Porter friend come flying around the corner. Girl, we are going to see Luther. And my grandmother pulled me to the side. You know how grandmas do. Now, I know you think he this, that, and the other. This is... My grandmother pulled me to the side and gave me the, you still might want to jump your balls. I'm like, Grandma, what does that mean? What are you saying? We're just going to a concert. Yeah, but it's a Luther concert. <laughs> and it was so funny because this was, this was uh, I know this was my senior year. My aunt was making my dress and my aunt was like, you can't go. I remember her saying, you can't go. I got to gotta make your dress. And my aunt was that fashion design, like she's gonna whip up my dress like that night, right? Y'all don't y'all see Auntie. Auntie was been over here on and live with me plenty of times. And she was gonna literally whip up my dress that night for this e senior event that I had. And so she measured me like right quick and like gone, just gone, just gone. And so my grandmother said, like, wait a minute, come here, let me talk. Sit down, sit down. <laughs> like, grandma, you know, look who I'm going with. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> he still might want to jump your bones. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this thing? So anyway, again, in that question of, of masculinity, femininity, you know, and I'm like, but Grandma, he's, you know, gay, you know. And I don't know, I don't know if we could even say that. I mean, everybody in the neighborhood, like, knew it. But she was like, no, we don't know. You know, it's like, it's crazy, y'all. Controversy. New. Stop it. Stop it. I want us every time. And, and I'm only telling you by hindsight, because even my generation, I, and my dad was a DJ. Let me tell you how I used to get caught up in this. My dad, my dad still is a DJ. So there are all these different versions of music that I grew up around. He was always, you know, as back in the day, making reel to reel, making cassettes, making CDs, you know, making that playlist, getting his playlist ready for the weekend, for the, when he had the shows and things like that. And I would always come home with the new music, right? And I would always come home with the new music. And he would always go, oh, uh-uh, that's not new. And he would always, and I love this, and I'm glad I have this history, which is why I'm so good at a, as a blogger, is he would take, I'm, I'm in there enjoying a beat or a song or something new, right? Quote, unquote, new. And then he'd go and he'd pull out uh, another version, and then and he take it all the way back to the original, and and it was like you'd be like, whoa! It's listen, new is getting us caught up. New is getting us caught up, but understandably, generations as they come upon all of this stuff, I'm looking for. I'm trying to get out here and get my share going, y'all. 
So forgive me if I sound distracted at this. But that three-letter word, new, and there was and and the other one, old, new and old. So I went and I grabbed, and I know there's a new conversation on this. So I went and I grabbed my uh, conversation about masculinity that I had with Tyler Perry some years ago, and I I was, and as a matter of fact, I think I was actually loaded it before I got tagged in another convers in a, in a conversation, and I was loading. I said, "Oh, here, let me share this." Um, and I actually called it new masculinity, old femininity, um, because it looks familiar. And it's sad that when things don't look familiar, when you don't get a sense of, oh, we've been here before. And you feel some kind of way because um, I was tagged on a post. Um, and I'm always tag, tagged on posts here and there. But I was tagged on a post and I had to say to the younger group, um, we've been here before. And you feel funny having to say that because you don't want to be the teacher all the time. You don't want to um, impose. You know, you don't want to impose. I don't want, and you don't want to stop. Think people. You don't want to stop people from exploring. You know, go ahead and explore. It's okay, but understand that it's not new. And Tyler Perry's getting ready to be on Kelly Clarkson. They moved Kelly Clarkson. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, we weren't speaking of it, but Kelly Clarkson was moved to daytime. Uh, prime time nine uh is it not 10 she's moved to 10 so and i need to switch channel even though tyler perry's gonna be on the he i'm gonna go ahead and turn because i'm not gonna watch kelly clarkson and it's not a thing it's just that my sisters are over here on this other channel so i'm gonna put it on that channel um and i'm like and, and i'm gonna wonder why they ain't had tyler perry over there. oh i can't even, oh, i gotta go get it on the other tv so anyway let me just turn this television off because uh, it's distracting me, obviously. So I'm going over here. I'm trying to find this post so we can talk about it. But we're talking about like how to get out of bed. There's somebody out there right now, and I know, I know, I know for a fact they are. There's somebody out there right this moment that they were had a line of. If you think about Pharrell on on that cover of that magazine in that coat. There's probably somebody who launched a line like that before, and I'm probably and I'm probably sure several people are going to. Uh, let me just do that. I'll just go ahead and get it shared. That's all I need. Um, several people are going to get, but new masculinity. First of all, and then you're talking about, and this is where I, the the controversy is coming from because whereas Pharrell rides the blurred lines, blurred lines, you know, he he is multi. Uh, diverse. He's diverse. Not more. He's diverse. Uh, he's he's ageless. He's artistic, and all these different things. So when you see a, but yet he appears to be a brother. He looks like he's he looks like a black guy, and so when black men are walking by and see that this is the image that's out there, black men tribe up real quick. Okay, they they are a tribe. And they are taken to this, like, oh, here they come again trying to put us in a dress. Some, oh, the post that I was tagged on was somebody took the Pharrell picture and, and took the new and went back and got and just posted it next to some of the old. It's like, okay, but y'all been y'all was wearing braids at one time. You was wearing platforms. You was wearing long coats with these coats and suits, you know, which could be clearly a dress. Hell, y'all was running around with white tees onto your knees and all these kind of all these kind of different things. I think it comes back to 
control. When we, we don't have that part of the conversation where things are happening, it's not so much that they are happening. It, you have to speak to and you have to look for. And I tell you all the time, always check the source because if you're not in the demographics, they might not be talking to you, but about you. And that's, that's a hard thing to digest. That's a hard thing to digest. Somebody somewhere right now could be having a whole conversation about you based on the little bit of a lens they have on you and they're not talking to you or for your betterment. So people can feel like, okay, put in this on it because, and I looked it up. Y'all know me. I'm going to do a little bit of research. In fact, I was just looking for some tags to put on my video and I I looked up effeminate. I looked up femininity, I looked up emasculate, I looked up uh, um, new masculinity, and it, in one of the discussions, they said one of the reasons that this doesn't, this new masculinity or challenging the traditions of masculinity, it causes us to question bravery and protection, and, and now, so that's another word, okay? Bravery and protection. If a guy is you're with a guy and he is dressed this kind of way, uh, you're going to feel that he's challenged. Let me tell y'all in my observance of surroundings, let me tell you, can I, I, let's go here for a minute. Let's go here for a minute. We talk because now we don't went to bravery and protection. Okay. In, in a spectrum that in part of the spectrum where I live in the realm that I live, I oftentimes get to observe uh, engagement with white males. And as a black woman, I have to podcast about it. I have to write about engaging with white males and what black women have to go through. There's a, there's a history of how we have to engage with white males. I have been in environments where I, at 5'2", can terrify uh, a seven feet tall white man, Right. He, it, it, it's like, and because I have, because what I do is monitoring behaviors, um, I note these behaviors and there is a behavior. Hence, hence our sister, our Tatiana is dead to, to this day is in the, in the, in the, in the span of just four seconds. It's not enough time for somebody who has a fear of you to process and get beyond their fear when they are when 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 they have a weapon, right? In four seconds, she was unable to convince this man that she was no harm to him. Now I understand we 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 got to dive into this. You know, he has resigned before trying to before they were trying to fire him. He's been arrested, and now it's gonna go before a grand jury. They're probably gonna let him off and all this kind of stuff, right? One case in Atlanta, uh, the guy uh, just got off, right? So. In, 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 in the instances of these particular cases of aggression between um, races, there has been, we're, we're trying to define the time span that is needed in order to process whether or not a person is fearful or harm, harmful or fearful, fear, fearful. Um, and the perception that everybody's walking around with, and we are right now in a climate where I, we, everything's skewed right now. We, it's very hard to tell. 
Um, I, and I, I'm in a realm where I have to engage with a lot of different people and I can't tell you, it takes time. You need time now to process because you can't tell whether that's a fo- friend or a foe, right? There are things that identify friend or a foe. One, a smile. What's not a lot of people walking around smiling right now? Everybody's got the, what they call it, the RB, a rested bitch face, right? And then, and then come, you know, they got the anxiety face and the fear face, right? People are all out of their comfort zones and different things because, because of the way our world is going. Okay. And so in this de-escalation thing that's going on and, and America is trying to learn the practice of the law of the gun. And I shared that video, I shared a YouTube video, which is a, a documentary, um, it's four seconds, y'all. Four. Se- I'm so disturbed by four seconds. Four seconds, y'all. And I, and, and I mean, time. If you time yourself, and I was I was joking with a guy from California, a white male from California, white guy from California, and and white men from California, like they're so damn friendly for the most part. Okay, if they were born out there. Okay, they. And and I I, re- I remember even talking with a guy that was born in one of the racist counties here in Georgia that has now had the fortunate pleasure of living in other places in the world. And I'm that person, apparently, where in 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 a, in a person's space for a minute they they always come with it. Can I ask you something? You know, I guess I seem approachable in that. And and it's like and sometimes I really want to say no. Sometimes I do say no, but then sometimes I go, yeah, go ahead. I just want to see where they would go. And where they will come because, you know, that's where, that's where I am. And they, and, and, and I get asked these questions, but, um, it's hard because one with the perception of black women being strong and badass, and, and we've had to be because of where we come through time. I talked about that, you know, it's hard to go from being badass to the help, you know, white people had laws passed that would take black women from being badass because we were absolutely badass and they were like well no we're gonna play pass some laws in this way they can't practice this they can't own businesses they can't they can't work alongside us and we only gonna hire them as you know the maids and all these kinds of things like that so you know that history is gonna forever be there um and it's still even hard pressed to this day to find people who have gotten beyond that so, you know, if you're the person out here trying to figure this thing out, like why this thing is going on, like I said, we, we got these generations now coming and they like question like, well, damn, why is there such a heavy backstory to everything? My son, uh, who is traveling right now, he just went to visit the Auschwitz. He went to Auschwitz and the, uh, the camps and, and of, uh, uh, of the Holocaust and, you know, and, and comparatively he was making comparatively to the history of, of slavery. And, and the atrocities, you know, he is a young man, uh, in a, in a leadership role. And in that leadership role, you know, he has to learn the history of everybody because he, he's trying to lead people. He has to go, he's in a leadership role and he has to lead people and he has to know from where they're coming from. What are they operating? What are you operating with? Because especially in the line of work that they're in, they have to deal with a lot of PTSD, uh, and, and we don't have to have been on the battlefield. I mean, hell, just learning your history and learning how people have responded to your history can cause PTSD. We all, and listen, it's called post-traumatic. What has been traumatic? I have PTSD right now, just coming through some trauma. And my family is like, okay, what do we got to do? Because I can't, I can't get, I'm trying to get beyond it. That's why I do this thing called how to get out of bed. And I remember, um, I was listening to another interview. What was it? One of the Tyler Perry 
Tyler Perry shows again. Tyler Perry. I, it was a, one of the shows on OWN, and uh, I'm trying to think who was somebody was describing their character, and they were talking about the character. Um, they played a they played a clip, and in the clip, she was asking the, the guy if he had had a traumatic experience because his behaviors were those of a person that had a traumatic experience. But what he what he knew, according to you know, like masculinity. That he had, he kept saying he hadn't experienced anything traumatic, and she started asking him these very different things, and he had just lost his wife, and she said, "Well, you know that is trauma, right? That is a traumatic experience," and he was like, "Oh, right," because masculinity doesn't allow you to process your trauma. You got to get over. It. You're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to do this. And when we get to another another round of new masculinity is saying that, oh, you can have some feminine expression. Well, why is it feminine expression? Because I'm sorry, do you have tear ducts? If you got tear ducts, you can have a tear. Okay. I'm just saying, right now, as I sip my lemonade, here we are at this thing with this masculinity. So new masculinity, old femininity. I mean, we're at a point where now we, well, women can't even, can't even be feminine. You know, everything is just too controversy. And I don't want to, I don't want to stay on it and dwell on it too long because I'm putting this out there just to say, these are the questions that I'm seeking answers for today. I don't have the answers and I don't, all I know is I've seen this before. I've lived a while and I've seen several different generations before me. And I just remember like even my grandfather who in a house, uh, my, my grandparents and stuff like I loved them to death, y'all. Um, I had two different, I had two very different sets of grandparents. They represented two very different age uh, brackets, right? And my, my mother's parents were, I, I, I remember the day of realizing, wait, grandma is granddaddy's second wife, right? Like, he has another wife, like somewhere she was, they were the second wife. And then both of them coming from other marriages, they both came into the marriage with two sons. So there were, they came into the marriage and then they had these four sons and two, my grandmother had two sons and my grandfather had two sons and my grandmother had two sons from two other marriages, right? Because they would have, they married like, Oh, you, you get married, you marry, you know, and those kinds of things. So, and then they went on to have six kids together, five girls and another boy. So there was this 10, right? So they had these 10 kids and shout out to, um, Kiki. I think she just gave birth or give over there, giving birth to number 10. Um, so the new thing is going to be, is Kiki pregnant again? Is Kiki pregnant yet? Um, so, but anyway, I'm sorry, I had to throw that. I'm, that's the blog side of me. Uh, I meant to tweet that yesterday and it was apparently it was still sitting there, but anyway, so, my grandfather, now, of course, the boys were, you know, by the, they were older than the, the second part of the family. So they were all had their own family. So we grew up with these guys being our uncles. And they, my mother, in fact, my mother grew up, my mother and her, her sisters and the baby boy grew up with these, these older men being their brothers. Because you got to imagine that the age span, when you talk about my grand, the boomer, the, the silent generation, the, the, the age difference between them, them and their children was very close because they had children very young, you know, hell, they, they, they started, in fact, I think 
my grandmother first child, the old her between her and the older child were about like just thirteen years apart, you know. So he we we always kind of thought, and I think you know growing up because you process this stuff before you begin asking questions. I always thought he was my grandmother's brother, and then you find out, oh wait, but we call him uncle, so that's her son. And then you get to that age where you like trying to make sense. And I grew up in a family; it was a huge family, and it's a huge family on my mother's side and a very tiny small family on my dad's side. Um, and so trying to process all these people, um, and my grandmother and her sons and my father, my grandfather and his sons who looked just like him. And, and, and they were the epitome of old masculinity since we got new masculinity, you know, and they had their families and they, they always had families and they were always just old because we were always just young. And then came my mother and the girl, her sisters, and then the baby boy. So that was the family that we, that we saw like every day. The, that was the, 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 what do you call it? The, um, what's the word The kind of our intimate family. Right. And so those are the ones you saw every day. The others, you know, they lived apart and traveled and all those kinds of things. So they would come, you know, the holidays, everybody would come and gather and all that kind of stuff. And then you basically trying to like figure this out. I just remember realizing like, whoa, granddaddy has a, granddaddy has a, you know, and I'm like, I knew all these kids, but I'm like, I didn't realize. And I'm pretty sure everybody else is out there going through the same thing. It's like, whoa, there was his other wife. And then I was kind of like heartbroken, like, because granddad was like so wonderful to us and this family, like, like he was that, it was the epitome of masculinity. It's like, man, this man, this one man got us all granddaddy. Like he got, he got us, you know? And it, and I remember as us, as the grandkids, and there was a lot of us, cause you got to imagine 10 kids, uh, except for my mother had one. I think there were only two that had one. The rest had two and three and two and four. And, uh, and so it was like a lot of us and, you know, and, and their house was like a haven, you know, no matter what was going on, you always had this haven to go to. And it's like this man, he got us. Not only that, he was just like the man next door and the next door and the next door and all up and down the block. Now, occasionally you did have the man on the block that, you know, challenged the tradition, the tradition. I love, I love the word. See, I love finding words to explain like when I went to go look up new masculinity you did have a man here or there whether he was married or not he challenged the traditions of bravery and protection that's how you describe new masculine that's how they're describing new masculinity because no matter what his outer exterior is doesn't mean that he is still not brave doesn't mean that he is still not a protector going to that Luther Vandross concert I didn't feel like I my the bravery around me was challenged, especially after grandma was saying, you know, hey, that that might be why how he act around us. You don't know how he gonna act when y'all get along, you know, and that kind of thing. And yes, I think I think people are like that. You know, it does not matter. And same thing with um um feminine women uh, taking on masculinity. Are we calling new masculinity? Are we call can we? Are, Cause we never really, we never really try to balance. We never really try to balance out both sides of this thing. Right? So if we have new masculinity, do we also have new femininity? Right? And, and, and I think one of the reasons why we never really get a balanced conversation, because there's always those that just say, Oh, well, let's just not talk about it. 
Let's just not go down that road. Let's just not. They don't want to be a part of the dialogue. But it is. And that's why we end up where we are is because we cannot have a full on discussion. You cannot talk about one side without the other. You, we got to stop trying to sign. That's why we have generation after generation after generation coming and having to figure this thing out. Yeah, I want my kids to explore and figure some things out, but I also want them to go say, like, like wait, this looks familiar. I, I want to see that generation that comes along and they just get it. Like my son's generation, and my, and my son is, um, there's, there's several years between my son and my daughters. And so I can look at behaviors with the oldest one. I was hanging out with the oldest one and the next to the oldest yesterday. That's a whole different experience hanging out with them as if I was hanging out with the two youngest. You know, they perceive things entire, entirely different. They, they live in a different realm. Even though there's such a small time span, there's 10, as a matter of fact, there's not such a small time span. There's 10 years between the oldest and the, and the youngest, and they live literally worlds apart as far as barriers, what perceived barriers, perceived limits, perceived hurdles, perceived obstacles, because the oldest coming along right behind my generation with me as mom and dad and, and, and the ills that were going on in the 80s and the 90s in that world, and then a child coming on in Y2K, you know, it was it's an entirely different world. It's like he didn't have just the lens on his parents, you know, he was like, okay, my parents are this, that, and the other, honey, let me, let me look, let me look over here, you know, let me pull a little bit from mom, pull a little bit from dad, but let me pull something from the world, where as the oldest, the lens wasn't, the lens wasn't that wide, it was, it was, it was a smaller lens, and it, you could only see, but so far, and so therefore, they operate on two different spectrums, and so, but my son, here he is, going off all around the world, you know, where we might have talked about the Holocaust, he just went, oh, he's like, let me just go, let me go over there and check it out for myself. Like, who is this dude? You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, and here we are, we're like, oh, should we, should we move across town? Should we live in this neighborhood? He's like, he's like, let me, I'm going to check this out. The other one, um, my, my cousin's daughter, she's like on the other side of the world. It's like, live and let live, you know? We've got to start questioning what's, new and and every time something seems absolutely new to you ask yourself how is this so new to me why is it not familiar because I ain't the first to be on this planet my generation ain't the first man we go back so freaking far and and yes there are times when people were silent silent and then silenced you know, there were those who didn't want to talk. Like, I got a book over here that's all about slavery. And then I got a book over here that's called My Folks Don't Want Me to Talk About Slavery. They couldn't talk about getting their 40 acres and their mules. Because if, if you got a mule and they thought you were giving the mule, they'd come and kill your mule. You know, and then go through hell and high water to take your acres. So, therefore, the stories, of some have been, some had just went silent and the others were silenced. And we were talking, we were out um, yesterday. My daughter was, my daughter, my daughter apparently has explored something. She was trying to have a discussion with me and we were talking, she was talking, we were talking about lynching. And, uh, and I, I think I mentioned, I mentioned to her about the um, um, museum, the, um, I don't want to call it a museum. It's not a museum, but the place in uh, Alabama. And she goes, oh yeah, one of my clients was talking about, 
um, someplace and uh, about people going there or something, something she brought up. And so we got into that and she was kind of dropping these little things. And, and I guess she wanted me to kind of explore into dialogue, but we had so much on the table we were talking about. And I was like, oh, so, and I'm, I'm like, but that the way she was saying it as if it was new to her, but familiar. And she was basically trying to see what I knew about it. And I was telling her, well, it didn't just happen. We were talking about, I guess, a neighborhood or a particular place. Oh, we were talking, as a matter of fact, we were talking about our community. We were talking about um, how we went to this place and just had a grand opening and how now there's all of a sudden this new lunch crowd, whereas uh, just a couple of years ago, the neighborhood was, you know, kind of dormant during the day and and because everybody went, worked outside of the neighborhood and came home to the neighborhood and we were talking about how the neighborhood was changing and how now when you go when you cuz we were talking about going to look for we were looking for a location I said well, maybe we should go west and start going into the city I don't want to deal with the traffic you know hell I'd rather drive going to drive to Birmingham you know cuz rather than have to deal with deal with Atlanta traffic I'm like cuz it's thir- you know well not Birmingham but I'm like surely we if we can go 30 minutes in the other direction we're bound to find one as opposed to fighting, you know, what what might take 30 minutes to go across town. It could turn into two, three hours. You know, I just don't want to deal with that. See what's 30 minutes in the opposite direction. And she was hesitant about going in the opposite direction simply because of the history of Georgia. And I'm like, okay, where, where? I'm like, girl, you are too young to have that kind of anxiety about going around Georgia. Uh, but at the same time, she's had the experience because in her line of work, she has had to go to some of these rural areas and small towns. And never mind the fact that when I first started blogging, I did a story of some things going on in rural Georgia where there were people who still believe that slavery. There was a woman I did a story on who started an organization um, who was still going around freeing people from sharecropping. And I'm going to say sharecropping just to find the nicest word. I can put on it, but she found a population of people who, who still believe that slavery was still a thing. And they, they, they still lived in slave, uh, camps. They were still in slave camps. Now, mind you, they experienced, you know, some form of, no, I can't even put any kind of dignity on it because she, when she described what they were living in, she said they live in places where the floor freezes with ice. She was like, and I'm, I'm trying to get transportation and housing for these people. She said, because at this point, even after discovering them, you know, you want to just grab them up and bring them into the city, basically. She said, but that would transport them by years, by decades, the, the, based on the mindset that they have, because there's no communication there. I promise y'all. She, in fact, this is... Only way I found out about it, because one of the things that I used to do when I started blogging, I used to read press releases every day. And she had sent out a press release uh, that she had this organization and they were out finding pot. You talk about you talk about um, sex trafficking and human trafficking. She would find she was out there. She was finding a population of people that were still enslaved. I mean, it's a thing. All these people that are missing and we don't talk about them, you know, they're, 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 they're out there. They are literally out there. I mean, you talk about a country that don't want people to come across the border and get jobs. You think they're trying to shut down the work? No, the work's still getting done. 
They just don't want to pay for it. And and they can't do it with the with with the prison system, which is what they which is what America thought was that was gonna happen. They thought prison labor was gonna really be a thing at this time. But then our prison labor, the only reason they only reason they pushing people out of prison right now is because even after growing such a, a huge prison population, because America thought prison labor was going to be their competitive labor, now they're finding out they can't even compete with these other countries. Like, no, they, they still get underbidded, right, for these jobs. That's why them prisons not calling your collection and all that kind of stuff. You know, all the call centers, the call center, they thought call center work was going to go into the prison, but no, they, you, you still get, you're still getting outbidded because other countries are trying to add dignity, not take dignity away. And so in this trafficking thing that goes on in America, and around the world, let me just not say in America and, and around the world, um, this woman, I remember did this press release and we're talking about two early 2000s where she was trying to had an organization trying to rescue people and uh, and trying to um, get transportation for them as well as housing and all this other stuff so that they could be acclimated, not reacclimated, but acclimated because uh, if you look at, think about the women who were cap- held captive, those women that were held captive, they had children, they had children in quote unquote captivity. You know, remember that, remember the guy that said the white woman burst out of the house and ran to him. He knew something was wrong because she was running to him talking about save me and kind of find out that man had all those women in that house and lived right next door to people. They didn't know what was going on just next door. And yet they would see children being born over there, children outside playing. But those children were born in captivity. He was holding those women hostage. And there's case after case after case of that. Not just that one. Remember, we talked about the high-profile cases. But those were the cases. This is what we wake up to each and every day. Somebody's out there trying to communicate who it is they are, who it is, they, what they've been through, and... We get caught up just on something that's on the magazine cover just simply because it challenges. It challenges what we think we know. And we literally have absolutely no idea. Pharrell on the cover. Now, I'm, only, I'm only wrapping this up because I want to get out of here. Um, um, Pharrell on the cover in this coat is literally that. It's Pharrell on the cover in this coat. Now... It has opened up a conversation where we're going to talk about masculinity because something about the coat, because it doesn't have legs, it's just, it spans the page. We need to talk about mass, new masculinity. So now we want to talk about bravery. It, it, is it that his being on the cover of this says that the men who tribing up, men are tribing up around this because they have the same skin tone as him, the, the men of the same hue, I don't even know how to say it, are tribing up because they, in essence, feel like you're saying that masculinity is no longer about bravery and protection. Does masculinity always have to be about bravery and protection, especially in a country where femininity <laughs> has had to become brave, their own bravery and their own protection? Remember now. We're in the Me Too movement. We're in a Me Too movement. In fact, that's how they re- preface it on CBS. I was like, they were talking about GQ and the new masculinity. And, and Gail King said, in a Me Too movement. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. There's so many layers to these things. There's so many agendas. There's so many agendas and then there's so many layers. But in essence, 
it's it's literally about dad. He could could can he not just reach for an article of clothing? How is it? And this again is more questioning. Not I don't have the answers, but how is it that him reaching for an article of clothing? And you would say, well, he reached, he, he reached for an article of clothing, but they have an agenda and this has an agenda. And now they're saying this and now they're saying that. And I keep saying this about, because now since we have such a wide lens on everything, and especially as it relates to what we deem success and now what we deem break, like, like if I'm walking down the street with Billy Porter, I still, I don't care what Billy Porter, I still expect, if something happened to us, I still expect Billy Porter to whip ass as much as I got to whip ass, okay? And, I, and I'm still going to be that. I'm still going to step back the step. I'm like, step up, bro. You know? And it's like, and I and guarantee I think it will. And, but I'm just saying it's like, because it, it's not that, and it, you know, and it's like, do we have to say, well, you, I can't be, I cannot be a woman in that situation. Because this is because, let me tell y'all, in this whole Me Too movement, there's so much retaliation going on. We talk about bravery and protection. There's so much retaliation going on and aggression, microaggression, macroaggression against women. Y'all want to have a new masculinity, new masculinity discussion. Well, there's a femininity, femininity discussion simply because women are saying, even though, yeah, we want to make the same amount of money because we do the same amount of work. So y'all are saying, well, you better do, you're going to have to protect yourself. I'm like, and then y'all are retaliating. That's the thing. Hear me when I say the word retaliating. It's like y'all are like just not getting involved. Y'all are retaliating. Y'all are wishing. Uh oh, wait, I was about to say that word. Y'all are wishing stuff happen to women just so you can say she had no business challenging masculinity, right? But in the same vein that y'all are upset that a man might put on a dress, y'all don't get that upset and that impassionate about something happened to a woman. There's an artist, somebody tagged me this morning. I know, I keep saying somebody tagged me, but they do. Um, Breezy tagged me in a post. There's a, there was a, a, a story coming out of Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, where the headline literally said, a, a, a man at three, they said, at, I think it said at 400 pounds, molested a 13 year old and I'm like what the hell what the hell his 400 pounds got to do with it are you saying he was are you saying that to say she could have gotten away I'm like this that it's so stupid what that we can't process and I'm like why'd you I'm like why'd he tag me in this let me let me find this article because I'm like I don't know what they're saying how does he differ from any other Marietta molester all right I'm just saying perverse it's like I lived in Marietta I know you got to protect your children, all right, especially in these big box stores, especially particularly in big box stores with toy, toy departments. Go out there and look at these videos and things that happen that happen to people in these stores. I myself had to chase a man, a damn near six foot white man, old man, away from my children in the store. I used to take my kids when I had a good little piece of change. 
I'm like, y'all get to go. They do something amazing. Hey, listen, you get to go buy something. I'm standing at the end of the aisle with the two youngest. I'm standing at the end of the aisle because they're going from aisle to aisle to aisle trying to see. My son, you know, in, in the way the toys are, you know, the one at the bottom shelf. If you got really, you, you got good money, you can get some off the bottom shelf. So they all engrossed in trying to figure out what shelf they're going to buy, you know. And I'm standing at the end of the aisle. Now, mind you, I'm 5'2". I'm short um, in certain certain scenarios. And I'm watching my babies. They're standing on the aisle. They're just trying to figure out. My daughter's trying to help my son pick out his toy. Because he used to collect all these little things or whatever, you know. And, uh, and, and I'm watching, you know, I'm being, I'm, I'm watching. I'm mindful. Now, mind you, this is in the early afternoon. Probably pretty much the damn morning. Um, and I think it was in Kmart. And I am watching my babies. And because I know this thing goes on. And this guy. I'm on the end of the aisle. He's walking on the other end of the aisle, pervert, just straight pervert. And he sees my babies, and that sucker does a double take, and he steps back, and uh, he starts coming down that aisle at my babies. And I came, I start coming down that aisle at him, and he proceeds to run. I'm chasing this sucker. Remember, Kmart used to have a big patio section. I'm chasing him through the patio. Say, I'm getting ready to whip ass, right? Cause not not my babies. Not in fact, not any babies. Cause I'm mindful of all these kids over here, especially the ones y'all over there in the other section. that sent your babies over. Here. I'm trying to watch everybody's children, and I'm chasing this guy, and I'm telling the people in the store to help me. He's this, that, and the other, and and he runs out. Now this this man got up, got dressed. And went into the store. He wasn't shopping. He didn't have no car. He had no buggy. He's just out there looking because he knows this is his playground. There are vulnerable children out there. There are vulnerable women out there. There are vulnerable men out there. Y'all, and y'all don't even want to talk about how vulnerable the men are. Y'all don't even, because y'all don't want to tell nobody, right? So we out here processing new masculinity, uh, old femininity, because don't nobody, don't nobody want to say anything. Let me see if I can go grab this headline. I want to read this headline because this is kind of the stupid stuff. Here we go. Mention you in a comment. Here, this is the stupid stuff that we have to deal with that y'all don't even check and challenge. Somebody go check the Marietta Daily Journal because it says a 34-year-old man, 430-pound, 34-year-old man, 430-pound Austell man sexually molested a 13-year-old girl in the back of his car. Now, that ain't kidnapping. I don't know what is. A uh, car while parked behind a small office block in Marietta, please say. I don't understand why it needed all of that, right? We didn't need we didn't need to know how old he was. We really need to know how old she was. We certainly did not need to know his weight. 430 pounds. What are you trying to say? She could have gotten away. No way he could have chased her. But he but he came, he came to your community to do this because he knew that's where it could that's where the playground is. Marietta. He knew that's where the playground was. Okay, so did he transport her from Austell to Marietta? Or did he just come to Marietta because the 13-year-olds are vulnerable in Marietta? 13-year-old girl molested by 30... This is what in Marietta uh, Daily Journal, online.com. That was the description. Here's the headline. 13-year-old girl molested by a 430 pound austere man police say okay i don't understand the freaking headline is that what it takes to manipulate the emotion of men enough to understand that that could have been anybody's daughter can we just be concerned about it's somebody's daughter okay and, and so what the the 200 pound molesters y'all feel something y'all feel y'all feel different 
Y'all feel? Oh, he got caught because he was he was two hundred and thirty extra pounds. Does that differ from the hundred and sixteen pounds? Does that differ from the number of um, of men who went on to work this morning while um, their victims went to the emergency room? What's the difference? Why do we need to know this one was four hundred and thirty pounds? Does that, he differ from the three hundred pound man, the two hundred pound man, the one hundred pound man? Stop molesting women. Stop molesting girls. Just stop. It's like that. I mean, I mean, like who, who, who is the writer on here? Do I need to let me go? Let me go into here. Who, who is this person that went to that editor and said, "Well, here is this," and you told them they need to go uh, suppress all this other stuff. Wait, it, it sounds too much like he could be this. He could be. It sound why? Why does it sound like it could be the average man? Because hell, it could be the average man. So whoever told Rosie Manis at uh, rmanis at mdjonline.com that this headline need to be edited in such a way uh, that Dayan Curtis Metcalf need to be profiled in such a way that the regular men out there molesting 13-year-olds wouldn't feel some kind of way because they obviously subscribe to the paper. All right? So uh, I don't understand that. Metcalf has been in custody 89 days without bond at Cobb County Jail since his arrest July 17th. So why, wait, wait, why are we talking about this 23 hours ago? What happened? Okay, so he was indicted on four counts by a grand jury. This had to go to a grand jury. Talk about Trump. And we want to know his people out here walking with PTSD. So since July 17th, this 13-year-old girl has had to do what? Since July. Back in school. What what was the family saying? How's her family treating her? You know, so she's had to go through this trauma. So from July to October, in relation to the incident, he, he finally went to a grand jury in Cobb County Superior Court. Police said the child molestation occurred. Hold on. The situation actually happened in March. It happened in March. He was arrested in July. So from March to July, just going on about your business. Okay. Forensically interviewed, officers forensically interviewed the victim. What the hell does that mean? On April 8th, after she told her mother she had been inappropriately touched by Metcalf. Let's figure out what the connection is. Uh, the victim disclosed, uh, disclosed that the accused did drive her to the parking lot uh, up on Kennesaw Avenue in Cobb County, directed the juvenile to go to the backseat of the vehicle. So at some point she was out of the vehicle in order to go, unless she got, I don't know. And see, I don't even want to have to qualify this. I don't want to. Aggravated child molestation, two counts of child molestation, one count of criminal contempt to commit a felony. So in order, in order to make the subscribers who also molest kids, in order to make them feel some kind of way, we're going to throw in the fact that this one, he, he got caught because he was, 430 pounds. We put him in the headline because he was 430 pounds. Because, you know, in the Me Too movement, especially, um, you know, it's probably something going on going on up in, in the, in the, in the uh, company, in the publishing company of this, that. We got we to gotta put something in this headline because, you know, down the hall down there, you know, he is registered, you know, or, or she. We want to talk about new masculinity, new femininity. You know, it goes all kind of ways, right? But for some reason, we got to say this one, this molester is 430 pounds because we don't want to offend the other molesters that subscribe to the paper. 
So let's send, let's make Rosie go back down the hall and, and work on your headline a little bit because ooh, just saying that another girl was molested, you know, that could that could that could that could that could hit too much. We got to put this on the front porch of a lot of you know for those who do still still subscribe. You know, this got to go on the front porch. It's got to go in the inboxes. See, this is why I say, you know, I know I I know the journal our journalists out there. You know, they feel they feeling some kind of way, but it's like y'all, it's time to fix this. It is time. To fix this. And I know I've been talking about media apartheid for a long time. And I know, you know, we can't go to lunch. And you can't like the post. And you can't share. And I can only come in and talk about this, that, and the other. But we got to fix this. We got to fix this because y'all y'all go to the convention. And then you want to release like, man, they don't let us talk about this. And they won't let us talk about that. And you can't do this, you know, because you got to keep your job. Believe you me, I wholly understand about keeping a job. I'm sitting here now like, damn. And I, I might want to tweet this because, you know, it's getting a bit tough. Holiday season is coming up. I might have to change up the timeline a little bit. I understand. We all in this trauma out here together. Life is trauma and we can't get out of bed. I hope Rosie, Rosie, Rosie Manis, I hope Rosie Manis was able to get out of bed after publishing this, after working on this story from March to get it to helping this man get arrested in July to go into the grand jury in October and all this year this little girl has been having this trauma because she had to come and tell her mom's like and then we I was so thankful that I didn't read that this was somebody that they knew who drove her from one city to the next from one county same county different cities all all this going on right but we got to make sure, Rosie, Rosie, we got to make sure this doesn't, you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of, we got a lot of molesters who subscribe. We got a lot of molesters going to hit their front porch. It's going to hit their inbox. They're going to see it go down the timeline. You know, is there anything we can pull out so that we don't offend all of them? Oh, well, you know, he was 430 pounds. She probably could have ran. Yeah. That's why today, um, when we do Leading Women Podcast today, I will have our guests come on. I, want, I don't want to talk about her now. I want you to meet her then. Uh, that's going to talk about who's out there every day fighting for young women like this. Because what, what stopped him from driving outside of Georgia? What stopped him from, he had her in his possession. What stopped him from selling her to the market, which is the, the sex trade or the slave trade? You know, he had this young girl away from those who love and care for her. He had, he had her, y'all. He had her. And you're wondering when, when and how this stuff happens. But yet, you know, we're so concerned about what masculinity looks like. You know, we're so concerned about what femininity looks like. We want to challenge all these, all these norms. Well, this shit right here, this is a norm we need to be challenging right here. This is one of the norms. And I'm not saying or. I'm saying and. We got to start challenging all of this so that we can get out of bed again. Let's do that tomorrow. Let's get out of bed again tomorrow. But today, I got another podcast coming up at 2 p.m., uh, Leading Women Podcast. And I think we're going to record it on Blog Talk, so I'll be putting a link out there as well as a phone number. For those of you that want to engage with us, we'll record it live, and then it will become a podcast on all of your, fav- on all of your favorite podcast channels. To find a channel that you would love to subscribe to and follow, give me just a second here my cough button to find a channel 
um, by which you might want to subscribe to, because we need you to subscribe, go to dryerbus.com. You're going to find our YouTube channel, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, and Snapchat, and all that other stuff, <laughs> and, and wherever you are, because my first tagline was meeting our readers where they are. Now, our listeners and our viewers, because we have been Dryer Buzz news, podcasts, and TV for hopefully 18 years. We're trying to make it to March 13th, 18 years before I say, okay, I'm I'm done. (laughs) I still want to say that, but no, I want to keep going because apparently there's still things that, that get me, uh, get me going. And I still love podcasting. I really do. I still love podcasting and I still love finding people, um, that are awesome and buzzworthy and telling and and allowing them telling their stories. I have to tell their stories because many people don't, don't want to tell their own stories, but you're awesome. You are buzzworthy. You are, you are buzzworthy. I'll say that. Um, but definitely go to dryerbus.com and find a channel. Um, and if you do that, you'll get, you'll subscribe, simply subscribe to our email newsletter so that if you are out here looking in all these different places, trying to find what I'm talking about or what I've shared or what I've, you know, shared and, and all of that, uh, it comes to you also in your email so that you don't have to scroll, but you can filter, you know, you can also filter the entire internet with the hashtag dryer buzz. I don't have to be the one to tell you. Here you go. I thought it would, but uh, apparently I got too much stuff saved. So I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Oh, let me put that back on your screen for those of y'all that are live with us in this podcast. I forgot I just saved a uh, movie I was working on. Been working on some film. Been filming a lot over here. And uh, that's also coming too. Listen, you want to know how to rock a podcast? Let me tell you how to rock a podcast. Go to AskDryerBuzz.com. We're getting ready on November the 9th. Uh, we are having a lunch, we're lunching some courses and so forth. Some which you can pre, pre-order right now if you go to AskDryerBuzz.com. I'll tell you how I rock not just this podcast but others as well. Have a great day, guys. Y'all, go to DryerBuzz. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. <laughs>